Hello, and welcome to another episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Schroll. I'm a certified career coach and HR consultant. I created this space because so many people out there have difficulty setting boundaries at work, and I just want to be able to learn about setting boundaries with you. So I bring resources onto the show so that they can share their experiences and their expertise in setting boundaries at work. Before I start today's episode, I always like to start with definitions of words that we use frequently on the show. The first being boundary, something that indicates or fixes a limit. So if you tell your boss, hey, I don't want you texting me on my personal phone, that is a boundary you are setting with them. Gaslighting, to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. For example, if you go up to your boss and say, hey, something happened to me yesterday and I really want to discuss it with you. Do you have time to talk about it? And they say, well, is this happening to anybody else? Have you heard anybody else say that this is happening? That's gaslighting. To be dismissive would be um, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. An example of that would be if you told your boss you have a mental health condition and that's why you can't really perform well today, Um, And they said, okay, that's not a real thing. Get out of my face, go do your job. That is dismissive of the facts that that you presented to them. Today's episode is entitled Mentally Healthy. My special guest today is Steve Lolor. He is a mental health lawyer in the United Kingdom and a mental health advocate. He advocates for mental health to be normalized and to be included within both the legal profession and society. Please welcome Steve Lohler. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. I'm so excited. You're very welcome. I am equally as excited. Yay! Um, I would love to hear what got you excited about Absolutely Not and why you're jazzed to be on the show today. So, essentially, I saw you on LinkedIn. Um, I saw your posts. I thought your posts were brilliant and the infectious personality that you present through those posts um hence why we had a discussion and that's why i'm excited to be on the show yay oh and i really appreciate you saying infectious personality i think this is my (laughs) regular personality but a lot of people have said the same thing it's infectious that's weird to me but i will take it um could you kind of describe what a boundary means to you oh um definition of a boundary so that's probably setting boundaries with my clients Mm -hmm. in terms of making sure that they know when they can contact me and when they cannot contact me. Um, So for instance, they can contact me in the week up to a certain time. Um, But then on a weekend, no go, because that's essentially my chill out time from five days at work. Uh, And since since COVID, the, the days have just merged into one. Uh, I mean, it, uh, the lines are blurred, but I still try and keep that boundary. Mm-hmm. And thank you for pointing that out, that 
since COVID has happened, so many lines have been blurred that work like, okay, I can leave my office and turn off my computer and come home um, has just yep. disappeared. That does not exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. So yep. it's really important to have those lines in the sand and kind of have them as firm as you can. Do, do you have difficulty drawing those lines at all? Um, Pre-COVID? No, because you had the drive home from a hospital whereby you could chill out on the way home. And then when you got home, that was that was your time. And when you were out driving around from hospital to hospital, that was essentially work time. Since COVID, everything's gone online. We, we do everything online, our tribunal hearings, we speak to clients over the telephone. So I guess it's... I can still set boundaries, um, but when you work from home, you kind of have that sense to work more because your laptop is essentially there. You can just switch it on and catch up with paperwork. I mean, I've done that the last two weekends, um, but I mean, it's, it, I guess it's just the life of a mental health lawyer. Um, you deal with a lot of people who, are really unwell hence they're in hospital on a section um, and it's about not only having boundaries for yourself but it's managing their expectations as well um, that last part really got me managing their expectations um, yep. so many of us who are entrepreneurs or even people who work um, under organizations managing the expectations of other human beings is part of everyday life. Um, yep. Could you talk about how you've had to kind of envelop that in your process as your own boss? Yeah, so I mean, it, in terms of managing my clients' expectations, the clients vary on the scale. So some at the one end of the scale will not call you, not get in touch with you. Um, and when you ring to speak to them, you hear them say when the member of staff is handing the phone to them, what's he ringing me for or who the fuck's that? Or <laughs> um, I don't want to talk to him. Um, and then you've got the ones at the other end of the scale who ring you eight, 10 times a day you answer one phone call, you reassure them, then about five, 10 minutes later, they ring you again. So it's about not answering every call because you're setting a precedent. So recently I had a, a case whereby I received a text from a client saying that they have a meeting that afternoon. Um, and that is when you have to think on your feet and think, well, if I accept this and I attend this meeting at short notice, you're setting a precedent because then the client knows that they can do this to you regularly. Or do you say, no, I have a prior commitment. So then that sets a boundary that if you want me to attend a meeting, you need to give me more than two, three hours notice. You, you need to give me like at least two or three days. Um, then you've got the clients who are in the middle of the spectrum who call you um, 
sometimes just for updates um but each each client is different because they're an individual so it's about treating that individual differently and not trying to treat everybody the same and trying to manage each client which over the years you you get to know your clients so you get to know how they respond to certain things oh um first of all that word president really i loved it because um when you set boundaries you're telling people how to treat you that's what you're doing yeah you're constantly telling other human beings like oh no i'm different from the other person that you may have worked with or the other person over there this is what i'm about so please respect that um i also love the word individual that you use because um of some people that listen to my show they think that i'm saying oh treat everybody the same get the hell out of my face or and it's just not the case of course um kind of calculate where your boundaries are flexible with the individuals you come in contact with but always be aware of the values you have in place and the respect you have for yourself. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that's, I love it. So many words I have written down from you, but I would love to hear more about your profession and how, um, why some people in your profession may have difficulty setting boundaries. Um, I, I guess that's, the million dollar question um so the the legal profession is very old-fashioned it it's it's got set values um i mean i i can only talk from experience within the uk but the the impression that i get from the uk legal profession is that mental health isn't inclusive it's rather exclusive so when you're working at a law firm and you're suffering severe anxiety um, and you're suffering depression uh, I mean I, I suffered anxiety when I was doing my training contract um, so much so that I didn't want to go to work um, and I've, I've written a, a blog on this uh, basically saying that there were days that I got in my car and wished and I don't know why I'm laughing but I'm, I'm probably laughing because I'm looking back on it now but you get in your car and you think I, I just don't want to get to work so something's going to happen on the journey in uh, so I, I mean now I'm obviously in a, a far happier and healthier place I'm three years qualified lawyer I've got my own company Lawless Law Limited and uh, think things are going great but the, the the legal profession needs needs to change it needs to change how it addresses mental health and not give the perception that if a lawyer talks out that they're suffering with anxiety they're suffering with depression they're suffering with alcohol consumption or a drug addiction that they will automatically be looked towards differently that they would lose the respect of their peers that they will feel weak vulnerable unable to do their job that part of the legal profession needs to change it, it, it needs to realize that being a lawyer is a very 
stressful job. There are a lot of pressures to being a lawyer, particularly with the billable hours targets that we have as lawyers. Um, the fact that because we're a lawyer, we know everything about the law in every area of law, um, which is so not the case because we we specialise in it. Uh, so I, I think people need to realise that the, the legal profession is a very stressed and pressured environment. And if, if someone goes to their management and says that they're having a problem, that they don't fear that they're going to be sneered at or laughed at or just lose respect from their fellow peers and that they're looked upon differently even though they're still doing their job they will kind of feel that they're being treated differently mm. oh thank you so much for sharing your experiences today because you didn't have to and it uh that is something that people feel every single day i I wanted to laugh with you because I did, I did the same thing. I, and now I think about it, I'm like, you would have been dead just to not go to work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to sit mm -hmm. in my car and be like, I can't, I hope a car crash happens or um, or I hit a rock or it, it would be so, dr not dramatic. It would be so elaborate in my head just to not go into work. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that. But in so many respects, so many professional fields out there have the same stigma in place. Um, there's yep. so much, I just don't, I cannot for the life of me understand why someone being honest about their conditions would automatically red flag them as, oh, then they cannot be honest in their abilities or they cannot be honest in their skills yeah. or. So very strange to me, but thank you so much for sharing that, um, which sounds like that would make it so difficult for other professionals to set boundaries because they just want to be seen as that locomotive that can do everything their management is being is asking them to do. Um, yeah. Wow. When you were in that talks or that environment where managers were very dismissive to your mental health, um, did you set boundaries there and what did it look like? So, I mean, I think I kind of bottled it up, um, which looking back now obviously wasn't ideal. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, did, did I really set boundaries? I, I just think I was uh, mis miserable for those last six months during that part of my qualification. Um, there was no real guidance or support in terms of, well, did I have a job once my training contract finished or did I not have a job? Uh, and then I left from that environment to another environment, which was equally worse in terms of the cases that I inherited. There was over a hundred cases, not a lot of work had been done on it. I'm thrown in and it's like, well, this isn't how the job was advertised to me, um, but let's let's go with it and see how, uh, how it goes. Um, 
and then when I left, I know I wrote a page long resignation letter, which I sent to the head of the office and he didn't really disagree with anything that I said. That was handed to the supervisor and the supervisor said, yeah, I don't agree. I, I, I don't dis disagree with anything that you've written there because it's, it's absolutely right. Everyone is so stressed out to the max because law firms put profit over people. And if you invest in people's mental health, then that will make those individuals happier, healthier, more productive. And if you invest in people's mental health in the business, then essentially it's a win-win for that company because if you invest in their mental health then they will stay with your company they will grow with your company they will be more productive and as a result of those three things your profits will probably shoot up mm. but but i mean it, it it's not rocket science but not many companies realize that because mm. they're all run by you know disrespect to accountants but they're, they're all run by accountants because companies are run by money. Who deals with money? Accountants. Mm -hmm. Just looking at all the numbers and just like, oh, we need more numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> more people in here so we can get more numbers. But um, so it sounds like you were able to kind of transition out of that really dark space and um, now into mm -hmm. a healthier space where you're able to set boundaries and be more confident in your boundaries. Who yep. or what helped you in that transition? Um, I, I just think it was literally a, a switch oh. that just flicked in. I mean, since I've gone self-employed, the aspect of you are your own boss, you have that freedom, you have that flexibility, you're not tied down to one company and they can just give you stuff to do and you essentially can't say no you have to do it um the fact that i can do other projects um not only my consultancy um collaborating with the united nations doing mental health training doing my own podcast those things would have never been a possibility and the the possibilities have literally been endless since i've gone self-employed and ju just just having been being your own boss and having that freedom and flexibility money money can't buy that it it, it just can't no um the word that really hit me was freedom um just mm -hmm. <laughs> how free you feel um, and I want everyone listening to know that although Steve found that in entrepreneurship, uh, I need y'all to find that in yourself, that freedom, that ability to set boundaries with anyone in any organization is in you. You can still do it if you don't work for yourself. And it is very freeing, as Steve stated. It's, it's, a, it's, it's worth all the money in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. I'm so glad you were able to um, move forward in your life and just have the flexibility that you needed as a human being. 
That's mm -hmm. amazing. See, oh man. But now that you're setting boundaries and you're being a kick-ass mental health lawyer and doing all the things, what are your um, go-to phrases for setting boundaries? So, I mean, in terms of setting boundaries, um, so with the clients, you just set boundaries in terms of you answer a call, you answer it, you reassure them. Mm -hmm. um, if they then keep ringing you, I don't answer the phone call because most of them ring from their mobiles. I just tend to send them a short text saying, yes, I've got your calls. And then I just text to them what I've told them over the phone because a, a lot of them just need re reassurance um, be, because they want to get out of the environment they're in. Some of them want it to happen yesterday. Others acknowledge it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. So with the ones that want it to happen yesterday, you, you just have to keep reassuring to them like Rome wasn't built in a day. It's going to take time. If you work with your team, you will get to that goal, which is eventually coming up your section and living a, a relatively normal life in the community. Um, I mean, it's... In, in, in terms of being self-employed, whenever there's an opportunity that comes along, and I would advise anyone who is self-employed to do this, if, if an opportunity comes along, do not say no, because you, you, you don't know if that's going to come up again. Um, so, for instance, this, this opportunity that came across from the United Nations sent me a message on LinkedIn saying about a collaboration it's like i mean dude uh, i mean I, I i don't even need to think <laughs> about what my what my answer is to that it's definitely straightforward reply and see um that reminds me of the gaslighting we talked about earlier is some people would have gotten that message and would have been like holy crap i like who am i to do this i'm not qualified to do this i'm I, who, who the hell reached out to me? Like, who knows me? How am I getting? They would have all those records playing in their head. And what Steve is saying is, fuck all that noise. Like, ignore all of that noise and do it. You are more than capable of doing all the things and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've essentially just believe in your own ability. Oh. And, and, and don't doubt yourself because. If, if someone contacts you after they've seen posts that you're doing on LinkedIn about mental health and they want to collaborate with you, they wouldn't have contacted you if they didn't think you were suitable. Uh, so if, if someone reaches out to you and wants to collaborate with you, then they've done that for a reason and that's because they've seen you posting on linkedin or which other whichever other platform so just just go with it believe in your own ability whoever is listening to this yep. believe in your own ability <laughs> Oh, and I love that so much. And it makes me want to cry just 
thinking of all the times I didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like all the yeah. times I was just like, oh no, I, but I do have somebody better that you can talk to. Like, why did I just talk myself out of that? That's so weird. Yeah. But so yeah. many times we do that. Oh, okay. So you are a mental health lawyer who's about to collaborate with the United Nations. Yay. Uh, although that your field is stressful and it took you a while to get to where you are. I can imagine why a lot of professionals don't stay in the legal profession just because of everything you just talked about. Why do you stay in your field? So uh, I think the, the easiest answer to, to that question is that be, being a mental health lawyer, you are representing the most vulnerable in society and you, you genuinely make a difference. Uh, I, I, I always say, to, to people about mental health law if if you go into mental health law for the money you're going in it for the wrong reasons because it's not like corporate law where you're going to earn lorry loads of cash um, and if you're going into mental health law for the discharges again you're going in it for the wrong reasons because the discharge rate is probably around about 10 percent um Although that that figure probably has changed during COVID, you go into mental health law because you're a good communicator, because you end up communicating to doctors, nurses, social workers, community teams, and you are good at building rapport with people, and you go into it because you're a people person and you genuinely want to make a difference so for example you can you you have to look at the bigger picture when you're in mental health law in terms of if you get someone to go from being escorted by staff on leave to going out on their own that's a win because they're one step closer you have to treat it as stepping stones to gradually work towards getting your client out of that particular hospital in the best shape possible so if your client needs supported accommodation for example and they've asked for a tribunal and nothing is being done by social services we can then instruct an independent social worker to go out there to look for somewhere and i did this a couple 18 months ago for a client um no one was doing anything for him i instructed an independent they found accommodation the accommodation came out to assess they wanted to accept him literally yesterday my client wanted to go there was issue of funding which we eventually resolved but now that individual is thriving and doing really really well so you you can't go in it for the small picture you go into mental health law because you're a people person and you genuinely want to make a difference to people's lives because in this job you you genuinely do and when you get a discharge um the face on that client when they get discharged is is amazing and, and I, I think the solicitor who achieves the discharge 
probably has that little schoolgirl or little schoolboy who's just absolutely chuffed inside that they have achieved essentially the right result for that individual. That, um, that is a good reason to stay in the field that you are in. Um, and it's a good reason for anyone listening. Please think about the field, the profession that you are going into and why you are moving into it and staying in that field. If it's for the money, if it's for the rates, if it's for the numbers, please let us know so we can stay away from you because me and Steve are not in that game. Um, we genuinely want to make a difference in the world. And I, oh my gosh, I. Anytime I work with a client after this one, it's like, do you genuinely want to make a difference in the world? What are you trying to gain? If it's money, let me know because I can, we'll, we'll do something about that. You can shake your butt on like Instagram and make money. Like you don't have to be a mental health lord. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. You, you would probably make more money on TikTok. See? If, if you hit the right audience in all fairness. See, there, there's so many things you can do to make money. And um, I think Steve just really wants you to know that um, if you're planning on moving into mental health in any capacity, please do it to genuinely make a difference in the world. Oh, thank you so much for that message, Steve. Um, my last question for you today is for the young professionals that are just moving into um, their new profession or maybe even thinking about becoming a mental health lawyer. Because I'll tell you what, Steve, you are the first one I've ever met. And if, if, I, was, if I was a younger person, I would have been like, you know what? This is my calling. I'm going to do it now. So for those younger me's out there that are like, I'm going to become a mental health lawyer, what are the top three tips for them to move forward in that profession and set boundaries? Um, top three tips. Uh, so one, you would definitely need to be a people person. Um, if, you're, if, if you're not a people person, it's, it's going to be really difficult for for you because you you need to be able to communicate well with others to get your point across to others um in in terms of how to get in the field that's rather tricky because over here obviously in the uk it's legal aid based and essentially it's a very niche and specialist field so not many law firms do it and what law firms do do it um it's there's there's not many job opportunities that come up in the field of mental health law and the majority of them you would need to be what's known as panel accredited so you would need to pass a an interview, you would need to set a case study, you would need to observe tribunals in order to be able to do all of the job of a mental health lawyer. So I guess for people who want to specialise in it, Google mental health law firms, UK, and a list will come up and then just either email them or write to them asking if they have any opportunities for you to observe or get work experience and then see if you like it on work experience first don't necessarily just jump into it because 
you're in the office five ten percent of the time the majority of the time you're on the road so you need to like driving driving long distances um, going into hospitals so in 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 terms of setting boundaries with it um there is a lot of admin but you're going to be on the road so it's difficult to do all of it so what i used to do when i was an employee was i would mark myself out in the central diary saying keep sl free mm. paperwork so you set time aside in order to do the paperwork because if you don't it will build up very very quickly you will get behind and then it's very difficult to catch up so always don't let the job control you you control it you you make time you manage time another tip would be so for instance when i first started out i was working for four lawyers and i was uh paralegal at the time um and because you want to impress because you're new you won't say no well you need to say no you need to set boundaries it doesn't matter if you piss that individual off because in life you're not going to get on with everyone people aren't going to not everyone is going to like you newsflash that is just the way the world works so so don't be concerned about that say no put time aside so you can catch up don't constantly please because essentially you will probably gain more respect for that because you're saying right no you can wait i'm getting on top of this and then once this is up to date if you still want me to do that i'll do it but i'm not doing it before i'm up to date so that would be a boundary that i would say you would need to set because it, it can be very fast-paced and don't get caught up in the whirlwind whereby you're driving everywhere all the time you don't get time to draw breath when you're on the road make sure you stop for breaks i mean really I, all this advice i didn't even take any of my own advice because you 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 just skip skip lunch you live off coffee you are literally like coffee is your best friend when when you're on the road um, so make time to have breaks when you're on the road don't clog up your diary so much that you don't have any time to breathe just book don't i mean in one day i managed to see about 10 clients or i've managed to go to like five different hospitals in one day just just don't 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 force it don't push it just just take it at your own pace so many good, uh, good golden nuggets out of that, because the one that I have written down is you control it. Don't let it control you. I think yeah. so often we move into organizations and we're like, OK, take control of me. Like, here I am. Do whatever you want to me. No, don't like still have your boundaries in place. Still know what you stand for. Still know that, yeah. hey, I only have this much energy in my whole body, so I can't do everything on the planet. Yeah. Oh, that is such good, 
oh, those are so good principles to take. And I'm, I'm just like you. I didn't do any of that. When you were talking about living <laughs> off of coffee and living up, I, um, I remember my first deployment in the Navy, I only ate, I think, one avocado a day. And everyone in my workspace was wow. like, oh, that's so cool. You only live off of one. Uh, like, and now, now I think back and I'm like, Wow, what awful people. What awful that they were just like cheering me on for being so unhealthy and so just ridiculous. That's the only word I can think of. Um, thank you so much for your words of wisdom today and just establishing what we need to do to move forward and be successful. And as you said, free. Yeah, all of these practices will be super free. Do you have any last golden nuggets that you want to share for professionals out there that are listening? Um, I mean, I guess if if you're currently an employee in a firm and you're thinking of going it alone, do it just just do it it's it's the best thing i ever did um and people say well you're going self-employed during a pandemic that's that's crazy it's like no going self-employed in a pandemic is the best time to go self-employed and there's been people who are on dragon's den who have said the exact same thing that you go self-employed during COVID, your costs are low. I mean, my costs are ridiculously low. Um, and if, if, if you can work through COVID and you get through COVID and you see out the other end, then the only way for you is you're, you're, you're going up. Uh, it's it, it's the the best thing that that you can do if if you're having second thoughts if you're having doubts if 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 people are saying to you what what are you thinking of going self-employed just do, just do it because um you, you will be amazed at what opportunities arise i mean so my company's been been going seven, seven months. Not in my wildest dreams did I think within the first year of business I would have um, a collaboration with the United Nations um, to have someone from the United Nations come on the, the global event that I'm arranging, which has about 20 countries on, and they're willing to talk at it. Uh, not not in my wildest dreams think that that I would be able to set up a, a podcast around mental health and that that podcast has, has just flown it, it's just been ridiculous you you will be amazed at what opportunities come along because if you're with a company you are essentially tied down and you 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 can't necessarily reach out without getting prior approval but if if you go self-employed and you're your own boss, then essentially if someone reaches out to you and they want to collaborate with you, 
it's your decision and yours alone. And if you're thinking about going self-employed and you have a plan and you have an idea, just go with it. Go with your gut, do it, and you'll be amazed where it can take you. Um, and what did Steve say earlier? He said, believe in your own ability. So if you are sitting there yep. at that desk right now and saying like, I could definitely do this. That, that I would just have to save for like three more months and then I could leave. Then do it. Think about your plan. Write that plan down. Get it together and then yep. get ready to leave and shine and grow because Steve is saying it's possible and I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy that you were being you were able to be on the show. You have shared so much with me. And the word I have underlined right here is reassurance, just because um, for any managers or leadership people that are listening out there, although Steve talked about reassurance and in his connection with his clients, I need y'all to hear that. All Steve does is reassure them that um, he is there for them, he is supportive of them. And then he moves forward with his boundary. It's super important. It's important for me as, a, as an employee with mental health conditions. I need that assurance. So I really, oh, so many words I have written down here. So much amazing information. I cannot thank you enough. Um, once again, this has been absolutely not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My special guest today was Steve Loyler, and he is a rock star in setting boundaries and being an entrepreneur and doing a podcast and talking about mental health and in getting contacted by the United Nations. Hell, like what? He is on a whole other level. So if you need help, please reach out to him. And if you're interested in becoming a mental health lawyer, please reach out to him because he has the resources and knowledge and know-how and how to do so. Please um, subscribe and review this episode at www.absolutelynotwithkatrina.com and we will see you next time. Bye.